today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. The first thing would be realizing that what they're doing every day really does matter. I think sometimes we, as moms, that's as stay-at-home moms, we feel like we're just going through the motions and it really does matter. The raising good humans is the most important thing we can do. Um, second thing is also realizing that you can do things for yourself as well and that it's important. Self-care is important. Making decisions, like when I climbed Kilimanjaro, making that decision to take time away for something for me. And I do this on a regular basis. It's not a one-off. Um, it makes me It makes me better. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita I'm I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. Welcome back to another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. I told you guys that I was so excited for this episode. So, as you know, about two, wait, three episodes ago, we talked with Mike Alden all around uh, becoming a bestseller, what that really means, how to how to get your book out there. And then we had a couple of other episodes that really broke down the meaning of success based off of what Mike was talking about and how you take risks in a way that gives you big results. And today, kind of putting a tiny bow on all of that with my live coachee for today, Simone, who I met in Clubhouse. And so who have I not met in Clubhouse, guys? If you're still not on the platform, again, you must just have an Android, but don't worry because you guys are coming in May. So stay tuned. Um, but I'm really excited for today because Simone has written an incredible book. It's called The Extraordinary and Ordinary You. And it's all about following your own path and discovering your own journey and uh, what what we're going to talk about today is how do we get this amazing message and this incredible book into the hands of more people. So I would love for you, Simone, to say hi to everybody, introduce yourself, let everyone know like what brought you here today, what made you write this incredible book. It's, it, you know, it's uh, people often think, oh, I think I'll write a book and not very many people actually do it. So tell us a little bit about what motivated you to write this book and why we're we're chatting today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me here, first of all. Yeah, I there's there's so many pieces to why I wrote the book, but right now in my life, I I am a mom of six. I am a public I love public speaking, so I've been doing a bunch of keynotes. That kind of brought the book to me in terms of people kept asking me as I would finish a speech, they would say, do you have a book? And I would say, no, I don't have a book. And they're like, well, you should have a book. And my response was, well, I'm not a writer. And um, again, limiting myself, which is ridiculous because when we have stories and we want to share them, we can figure out a way to get them out there. And so I really sat down and started 
writing all of all of my stories. Actually, I probably could have written 17 books because I have way more stories. But for this book, this is what was important to me. And really being able to share my message and share my stories. And I set a timeline so that I made sure, because I knew, again, with six kids, there's some days things just don't get done. But I knew if I set a timeline, I wasn't just the goal. It was when I reached the deadline, this was it. I was done. It was going to get edited. And that was it. And because otherwise it could sit there for another 10 years. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that you did that. I love that you put that. And that's such a big, a big tip for any task, whether you're writing a book or you're just trying to get a piece of social media content out there is just set a timer. When you hit the end of the timer, it's done. Pencils down, edit it up get it, get it out there. You can always go back and make it better. I mean, that's what authors do a lot, right? They have revised editions where they've maybe made some improvements and they've done. So you can always, but I love, I also love that you said I could have written 17 more stories because one thing that Mike Alden said in his interview was so many people try to put everything in the first book and you don't need to put everything in the first book. You can have multiple books and that's okay. So hopefully we're going to get more books out of you so we can hear all of these other stories too. So you have this book, and now you're talking to me because I, I, you know, we'll use the word challenges, but I'm, I, I'm not thinking it's like struggles or it's just, there's something that you're wanting to like do more of, have some better results in or some bigger results. So why don't you uh, let everybody know what we're going to be chatting about today? I actually would call it challenges for me because okay. this is a brand new realm. So I wrote a book and when I started writing the book, I thought, wow, this is the hard part. And the book is out there. And now I'm like, this is the hard part, trying to get it in front of my target audience, trying to use social media in a way that it actually re reaches people instead of just reaches me. And because I want to share my messages, I, I want to be able to talk to more people, be on more stages. And it's not really about book sales. It's about the messages. And so the more people that can read my book, the better. Yeah. So what are you, let's talk about that a little bit. What are you doing right now to reach your audience and to use social media? So I, I have stuff on, I mean, I do, I do posts on Instagram. I do LinkedIn, Facebook. So I have things out there, but again, I don't think it's reaching enough people. And that, that is a struggle in itself. I know there's algorithms. I'm 49 years old. Maybe that's about all I know. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, it's, again, it's, it's, it's difficult to really, and yes, I have marketing, some marketing stuff, but it's hard to, it's hard to break down the barriers, hard, hard to break through any of these walls so that I can do really what I want to do is share my messages and talk to other people. Um, I'm also doing a lot of podcasts so that and that I have absolutely loved meeting amazing people, being able to share my stories and learning from them as well. It's been incredible. OK, cool. Podcasts too. So let me ask you two questions. One is, what are you talking about on social media? So you say you're using Insta, LinkedIn, Facebook. What kinds of things are you posting in those places? That's number one. And then number two is the eyes that are, you're saying it's not getting in front of enough people, but the people you are getting in front of, would you say that they've converted? Have they purchased their book? Have they become, I mean, your book, have they become readers? Or are you still not kind of like, we'll call it converting, right? Converting the eyes that are already on you as well. I don't think that I'm converting the new eyes that are on me. So I know there are a lot of people who keep liking the posts. They're the same people. I have no idea if they've bought my book. They've come back for the messages. So on 
especially on Instagram and Facebook, I have, it, it depends on the day, but obviously I do stories. I do, um, I haven't done reels yet. That's, that's coming <laughs> again, 49 <laughs> I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, um, but really doing different posts that are lessons, something that ties back to the book, something about me, my family, different, different photos. Um, it's actually going to be our 28th wedding anniversary this weekend. So thank you. I'll do a post about that. And I think I'm going to do the then and now because that will be really interesting to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just had my seventh this past weekend. So Ooh, even that feels like different to see. Yes. Yeah, thank you. So, okay. So there are a lot, there are a lot of things that I want to unpack here. And I think the first place to start is for us to talk about who is your audience or who would you like your audience to be? You wrote this book. Who do you see this book being for? So big category first is women. And then shrinking it down, it would be moms, stay-at-home moms, moms wanting to re-enter the workforce. I think there's a lot of different messages. So really, I've kind of focused on the moms piece. And and I think it I, I think it's a successful, it's a it's a good way to move forward. Um, but again, it's, it's reaching them. That's the hard part. So reaching them. So one example that I give a lot in my podcast, I'm not telling you, in fact, I'm, I'm going to ask you the opposite here in a minute to, to not pick just one type of reader, not just one person. But one thing that I, I do say is when you know who you're speaking to, it becomes clearer on how and where to reach them. And we're going to talk through that. But when I was a dating coach, for example, and I worked with, um, I, I could work with any single to help them like date more effectively and find their partner, but I can't market to all singles, right? Because I would be so generic that it would feel like, oh, that feels nice. Have more fun dating, find love. Cool. Okay. Well, when I'm ready for that, I'll hire Rita, right? But when I got up and I spoke to my ideal person who was in her forties, divorced, starting to date for the first time again, and not having any idea what online dating is about or how to use it or how to navigate it, feeling frustrated with how dating had changed, feeling really self-conscious, worried that they were going to like pick the wrong person again, right? When I spoke to that person, like, do you not, you know, are you feeling overwhelmed by online dating? Don't really even know how to use it well. Like this feels so different than the way you used to date. Like that's alienating the 40-year-old girl who was never married before, she's thinking completely differently, right, about her. Pro so they're having the same issue. They can't find a partner. They need to have more fun. They want to find that fulfilling love. But the way they're thinking about it is very different. The 40-year-old never married is like, TikTok, TikTok, why should I have to wait? <laughs> like, like, um, also, why should I have to settle? Uh, I need to have a baby. It's not my fault. It's their fault. <laughs> like, where I just need to go to meet the right guys somewhere. Where do all of the right guys hang out? Right. But that other woman is like, uh, I want to take my time. I want to meet the right partner. Like, the never married is like, of course, I know how to use online dating. I've been using it my entire existence, right? Like, since I've been dating, like, I use everything that comes up. But the other one's like, no, I've never had to do this before. So if I was trying to speak to both of them, I would have to speak so generically that I would not really emotionally resonate with any of them for anything, a talk, a book, a service as being the solution to, to a problem that they have, right? But the more I can speak individually using their situations, their problems, like what's going on in their life, then the more I'm going to resonate 
with them, right? I think that that's important to see that you can have multiple readers and multiple audiences, but when it comes to marketing, generic marketing isn't really going to be what makes them go, I have to have this book. Like this book is the solution to everything that I've been experiencing. And I'm holding up the book as you can't see it. It's really pretty. (laughs) Everything that I'm looking for and And it's like, no, they have to see themselves in it, right? It has to be about them in such a specific way that they're like, this is the solution I've been looking for. So part of it is um, knowing who that primary audience is, right? That one main audience so that you can really pepper your marketing with the illustrations and the examples that will speak to them. And then what happens is other people who are not part of that also pick up on it. So I would have some of the 40-year-old never married go, hey, you know what? I've, I've never been, I'm not divorced, but like, I really loved what you had to say about X, Y, and Z. Or like, hey, you know, I'm a man, I'm not a woman, but I really appreciated what you said here. And I would love to, you know, go deeper with you or like learn how to work with you or something. So knowing that it will resonate with other people and that you can also change the marketing to market to different buckets of people, right? Your secondary market, you know, up to five markets, really, you should kind of know who would be all the readers of your book, but then getting into a day of their life in like a really specific way so that you can talk about things, but then finding the through line between all the different audiences too. So you can say, but what's the similarity? They Like a stay-at-home mom, totally different ways of thinking about her day, her challenges, her struggles, her why, than a corporate you know, maybe executive, right? Mm. But also someone who travels for work all the time, total different way of thinking about all the challenges, relationships, problems in their life than maybe, you know, someone who's not married versus someone who's when you just change little things, you can start seeing how while the problem may stay the same or the result that these people are wanting all stay the same, how they think about it and talk about it and what will capture their attention changes. And then also where they're hanging out is different. Where you find them online and offline becomes different, right? So I'd love for you to kind of like dig into, out of all of the different markets who could read your book, who is the one that you know in your heart, this book was written for this person. Like I 100% know that this book will resonate with this person. It was really written for them. Stay at her mom's. And what what specifically does this, if I would say what What does this book solve? If if stay-at-home moms were to go and buy this book and read it, what are the tangible, give me like three to five tangible end results that they'll walk walk away with from reading the book? The first thing would be realizing that what they're doing every day really does matter. I think sometimes we, as moms, as stay-at-home moms, we feel like we're just going through the motions and it really does matter. The raising good humans is the most important thing we can do. Um, second thing is also realizing that you can do things for yourself as well and that it's important. Self-care is important. Making decisions, like when I climbed Kilimanjaro, making that decision to take time away for something for me. And I do this on a regular basis. It's not a one-off. Um, it makes me. It makes me better. And third is really looking at the any any things that we think are obstacles that they're bumps in the road. They're part of our journey. As soon as they're done, they're they're in our rear view mirror. We learn from them and we need to move forward and not really focusing on anything that we might consider a failure as something that will hinder our ability to move forward. So I would say those are the the top three. There's there's other ones, but those are the the top three that I yeah. think that would really resonate. 
And when they know that what they do matters, when they are taking care of themselves, when they are now not hindered or stopped completely by the bumps in the road, what do these specific, these specific stay-at-home moms, what do they achieve? Like what happens for them? Because now they do know, hey, this is important. What I do matters. I'm taking care of myself. I'm stepping into that best version of me and I'm moving forward and I'm not letting things derail me or stop me. So now what are some of the results that they will experience in their life in that tangible way? So some some examples could be they're going to have a more connected relationship with their husband. They're going to, um, you know, they're going to laugh more with their children. They're going to like, what are some of the actual things that result in their life because they've embraced these mindsets and because they've taken these lessons on? So I think they're going to feel a deeper sense of happiness, which again, will will become the laughing more with your children, not worrying about that, whatever the little thing was that happened, that it's not such a big deal. At the end of the day, it's not such a big deal. So happiness and and satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah. I think if you can pinpoint actual tangible differences in their daily life that happen because of the happiness, that happen because of the fulfillment, that happen because of, you know, this like, so it could be like, oh my gosh, like, you're laughing with your kids instead of like yelling. I'm making all of this up because I have no children, guys. Everybody who listens to this podcast. This. So I'm just imagining in my head from everybody I hear about what these like challenges are. But just take it with a grain of salt. Just remember, Rita has no kids. Um, But it's like, uh, so it could be like maybe they're fighting with their kids to eat dinner every night instead of like using that time to just like really connect about their day. Maybe it feels like, you know, uh, everybody like their husband comes home from work and they're tired from the kids and like, between like the baths and the whatever like they don't but because now they're happy and they're feeling fulfilled like they're connecting more they're feeling more intimacy with their spouse like they're they're going out on more dates or they're doing more things like the actual tangible if you can just find those little tiny differences that will result you're starting to paint a picture of what it is that they're missing and what they're wanting to have happen and it's bigger it's like the it's the actual differences in their day that come from the new ways of thinking and the new ways of feeling. The ways of thinking and feeling, those aren't tangible, right? But what's tangible are the things that happen at, in actuality in their lives. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I agree with the the dinner table piece because that's a huge one around our house. We, The way it became for us is that we, when they would, we have one our our son who is 14 he's on the autism spectrum he's very picky about food and we used to go through this whole process of you have to try this you have to try this and finally we're like is anybody happy doing this no let's stop this let's sit down at the dinner table as a family and have amazing discussions instead of focusing on the food that's going into his mouth because all it does is stress everybody out so i think that's a really good i think that's a great example of something tangible is being able to sit down at the dinner table and enjoy each other instead of fighting yeah, no, I love that. And I think that, so I wrote two columns and like, this is something for you to do, you know, after this podcast episode too, but to really think about those specific in their face challenges, right? The things that are actually, ha- if you were to like, imagine one of these women and you wake up as her and you're like looking and this, this becomes important for where to reach them and how to reach them too, which we're going to get to, but you wake up as her and you're like, okay, what's happening? Like, what is she? She gets out of bed. Three kids run at her. Like she's grabbing oatmeal out of the pantry. She's like pouring a thing. She's like turning on the TV. So her kids just sit there because she's got to get on a phone call or like whatever it is. The more you can actually see what she's doing in her day, that's where you're going to start noticing like 
the tangible problems, right? Her kids come to her and say play and she yells, no, I'm on a call, like go sit down, right? Or whatever. Like that's a challenge. It's like, oh, she doesn't want to be doing that. And she feels guilty after doing that. And mm-hmm. she like, so then you can start knowing and this is the result she wants is to not be, you know, to not feel like that, to have time to connect with her kids, to be playing on the floor with a, a game instead of like telling her kids to like be, be quiet or not feeling that guilt. Then you can start saying, this is how my book helps solve that. Like, here's how it gets you from point A to point Z. You're over here at point A. You want to get to point Z. And this is exactly what I talk about in my book, right? Like, and all the things you're going to learn. So what people really ultimately want they they ultimately want the feel good, non-tangible, or even if it's a tangible, the end result. But the problem is it feels so far away from them sometimes that they're like, I'm not ready for that. So back to my dating example, people would say, yeah, of course I want fulfilling love. Sounds great, right? Sounds wonderful. When I'm ready for that, I'll call you. Until then, I just need to know how to get a second date. How do I get, how do I get a second date? Can we just talk about that? And I'm like, oh, the things that I'm teaching you to find fulfilling love are exactly what's going to get you a second date. I'm like, it's all the same stuff I'm teaching them, right? But the problem they wanted solved wasn't how do I find my ultimate partner? It was how do I get a second date? Because that was their in, in their everyday, their immediate, tangible, urgent problem. So they couldn't see 10 steps ahead to go, oh, that's ultimately what I want. So your book can ultimately get them to that end result of happiness and joy and fulfillment and a life that's just full of, and they're like, cool, that's like 20 steps away from like my reality. Can you just tell me how to get my kids and I to have more fun and laugh and how my husband and I can communicate better and not fight every day after work and how like, and when they realize, oh, the problem is I'm not putting myself first. Oh, the problem is, right, that I'm not actually valuing what I do. Oh, the problem is, and I can solve those immediate tangible problems, then boom, right? They're on track and they're on the path to get to the ultimate end result. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really helpful. Absolutely. That completely makes sense. Okay, cool. So now that starts going into, we know very clearly who your audience really is, right? So now we know who they are. And I think what you really need to spend some time on are those specific challenges, right? And then the results that they want in the tangible way and knowing, well, my book, everything that's in my book is gonna get them from there to there because that becomes points of what you're gonna put in your content, the words you're going to use, everything you're going to be speaking about, because that's what they're thinking about, right? But when you're also thinking about the day, I want you to think about how are they consuming content? Like, where are they when they're consuming content and what's happening around them? Because it helps us see what kind of content we should be putting out. And here's what I mean. I have a client who, for example, her target market is really... um brand new moms, right? And she has a podcast and she was getting a little frustrated because her podcast wasn't having the the ultimate results, like the interaction she wanted from it. And I said, well, what your audience, what are they doing when they listen to podcasts usually? She's like, well, they're usually nursing their kid or their, and she even did some market research to validate it, like nursing their kid, maybe doing some chores. They, you know, they have their hands in the dishes. They have, so I'm like, they're not in front of a computer and they're not going to go type a website to go register for your workshop because they're like nursing a kid and they're doing dishes, right? She's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like it's either going to take me more times of talking about it in order for them to be in a place where they can actually go do the thing I want them to do. Or I need a completely different call to action that's easier so that when they are somewhere that they can go to a computer, get on their phone easily and go register with a credit card for something like they're able to do that. So when we start thinking about where, what kinds of content are they consuming and where we start figuring and how we can start figuring out how and where to position you to get in front of them in those places. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it makes sense. And 
actually what I found the most difficult in terms of podcasts is breaking into the mom podcasts. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Being guests on the mom podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, so, but here's the thing. These stay at home moms, if you really start thinking, what are they listening to? They may be listening to podcasts that are for stay at home moms, but they might be listening to many other kinds of podcasts, right? And it might be easier for you to break into something that's not as like popular, big, broad, right? For people to get guests, a smaller, more niche uh, podcast as well. So you were talking about how you have a child on the spectrum, right? Like, I'm sure there are podcasts that are specific and targeted for parents who are going through some of the same challenges, right? That's going to have a big audience, but a smaller audience than just generic parenting podcasts or just generic be a mom podcasts, right? And you have a very real story that could bring real value to that audience. And so thinking more, what are the other types of podcasts? It could be about parenting, but maybe they're just like, you know what? I just want to get healthy. Like, how can I work? How can I do these like little mindset or workouts or like, how can I eat better? Or I have a picky eater as a kid. Like, how can I get them to eat? So all of when you when you notice these other challenges, you might start finding other podcasts that they're listening to to solve those same problems. And you come in saying, I have a solution to these problems that your audience is having, right? Like your audience is struggling because they're not having great communication with their husband, right? And like, I wrote a book that will help solve that problem for them. So maybe it's a relationship podcast. Maybe it's a, and and yes, your ideal, like your examples that you'll pepper when you're on the podcast will be, you know, for stay at home moms and blah, blah, blah. But other people listening to that podcast are probably going to also be able to pick up on tips and go, wow, maybe that's what I, I mean, I'm not a stay at home mom. I work, I work from, you know, the office every day, but what she's saying, wow, that sounds like why I might be having trouble with my husband every day. And maybe I need to get her book and like figure out what I'm doing to myself. That's causing me not to be a good communicator. Does that, so thinking a little more like outside the box in terms of like what other types of things or challenges are they having outside of of what your book talks about that then your book could actually help them. They don't realize that what you're talking about is the solution to that problem. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it it definitely does and and yeah, I have to look at it. I have to look at it differently. And that's that's what's great about this is that you're you're bringing things in front of me that I haven't really thought that much about. So, it's really helpful. Here's one of, and for everybody listening, this is one of the best ways most people don't realize that what you're teaching is the solution to the problem, right? Like they think it's anything else, something else, right? Because if I go, oh, you know what? Like, and I'm not saying that this is what the book is about, but like, um, there are a lot of people who do confidence coaching, for example. And they're like, I just can't get clients to sign on. I'm like, because nobody's wanting to, to admit that it's their low confidence that is causing the problem. They want it to be anything but that, right? Oh, no, it's just my time management. Or it's just the technology. Or it's just the what. It's like, no, it's just you and your lack of self-esteem, right? But it's like, they might not want to buy that because they might not, one, know that that's the problem that they're having. Or two, want to admit that that's the problem that they're having. Or three. So there are all kinds of things that go through people people's heads and going, oh, so that's why sometimes what we're teaching, like how to have high self-esteem, how to step into your best self, how to, they might think I am prioritizing myself. I am being my best self. You try to live my life and like tell me that I'm not being my best self or whatever. So you have to kind of meet them where they're at. And that's why positioning to solve the problem that's in front of their face, like really puts them on the track of, oh, I never thought about it like that before. I never, yes, like here she is talking about, you know, do you always nag your husband to do chores? Yes. And I want to stop. I don't want to nag. And it's like, wow, I never knew that it was because I didn't think that being a 
parent and parenting good humans matters, right? Like they're not looking for that solution that that does like, how do I decide that what I do matters? Because they don't really think that that's a problem or they don't know that that's a problem yet, which is why thinking broader can be so, so valuable. So now we know, you know, who your market is and we, we're going to brainstorm all these specific challenges and the results that they want. So you can bridge the gap and say, I've got all the information you need to go from here to here. And now we're starting to think about how they move through the day and where they're consuming content. So this is like, what social media sites are they on? What are they looking for on those sites? So thinking, are they in Facebook groups? Are they on Instagram? Are they listening to podcasts? Like when they're on Facebook, what are they doing? Do they click on ads? Do they go into groups? Are they only looking at their newsfeed when they're on Instagram? Are they only looking at things that pop up on their wall? Are there any hashtags that they're searching? Like how do they move through the social media platforms? Are they watching reels? Are they watching stories? Like, So even doing some market research with this audience and saying, what social media platforms are your favorite? How do you use them? Do you click on ads? Do you do you take time to watch stories, right? And somebody might go, oh, look, I, I love Facebook, but I never watch a Facebook Live because they're always 30 minutes long and I only have a minute, right? I got like eight kids running around. I got like, I got to do the dishes. I got to like, whatever. I don't have time to sit in front of a computer for 30 minutes and watch this like Facebook Live. But you give me a one minute tip and tell me it's a one minute tip to like something, something. Now I'm watching that. You know what I mean? Or I'm listening to it on audio or I'm on Clubhouse. So like asking them how they're using the social media platforms that they're on can also help you figure out where to position yourself and what the style of content that you're putting out that will most draw their attention. So thinking about this woman, like what are some things that come up for you? What platforms do you think? And and you might want to validate this with market research, but what platforms is she using? How How is she using the platforms? What is she looking for when she's on? Is she on Instagram, Facebook? She's listening to podcasts. She's on Clubhouse. Like, tell me a little bit about this stay-at-home mom. When you, vis- when you visualize her consuming content, is she at a computer? Is she on her phone? Where wh- And what is she looking at when she's in these places? And when, we, when you're talking about market research, are you s- saying that that's questions I should go out and be putting on Facebook and or is there somewhere that I can look that people have already done this because I'm concerned that I'm not going to reach a big enough market because it's only going to be the people that are already looking. (laughs) So the both. I mean, I think that there's probably already some data out there about that. I know that like Edison Research puts out data about how people consume podcasts, for example, and there are lots of good statistics and data in there. Um, But my favorite, because I'm doing two things when I do market research, I'm getting the information that I need to make informed decisions around my marketing and my sales and my creation. But I am also building a relationship with the people who are answering, right? So like I'll put out posts on Facebook, maybe start a room in Clubhouse titled like a question, right? Like how do you, you know, what are your favorite social media platforms? Or like, how do you use Facebook? Or like, you know, what's your attention span? <laughs> like come and talk about it, right? Like, do you feel like you have a short attention span? And you can carry on conversations. And what you're doing is getting the data that you need by asking questions. Like, so I would just put out a call saying, I'm looking to talk to stay-at-home moms who have school-aged children around some of their challenges and obstacles when it comes to, you know, time management or, you know, dealing with their kids or their relationship with their husband or their energy levels or about all kinds of stuff. And I might ask some specific questions around those areas, but I'll also say, so now where are you? What social media platforms do you use? How do you use them? So I'm getting, I'm having a conversation with them and now they're curious. They're like, well, tell me why you're asking all these questions. Like, well, I have a book and I'm trying to figure out like how to better market my, well, what's your book about? (laughs) Oh, well, my book is about X, Y, oh, cool, right? Like, 
So now I'm building like through the market research posts, kind of some curiosity, but also through the relationships I'm building, like potential loyal fans, loyal followers, people who feel like they're connected to me, who are now probably going to bring more and more people into the world too. And I'm getting the data that I need. So I think asking, you know, these people, like, how do you consume content? What, what What's attracting your attention? And what kinds of topics do you like talking about on social media? And what are you looking for? And uh, will really help you like resonate with them, right? So we know who they are. We now know that we're they're looking for specific results and they have in their face challenges. We're thinking about where are they? So this where is where are they online, but also where are they offline? Right. So think of when you're thinking about where they move through their day, you know, like are they at Target? Are they on the playground? Are they getting Instagram? And like this will change as the world changes, right? So like we know that where people were during COVID is very different than where people are going to be post-COVID. So you have to kind of reevaluate and revisit this. But it's like, um, where, where, what restaurants are they eating at? Like, where, where are they going? Are they at, um, you know, one thing that came to my head was mops, which is mom of preschool, uh, mom of preschool students or something. It's like a organization with local chapters all, all over. And right. They have like little meetings where they bring their kids and, and, um, and, uh, they have guest speakers, right. And stuff like that. So that would probably be a really good organization for you to target for some speaking. Um, but once you start going, well, where are they? There are play groups. Maybe there's a couple of meetup groups where they can bring their kids and their kids are all playing. Maybe there's a, you know, maybe, maybe they're, they're in these Facebook groups talking about this or there. So where are they online? Where are they offline? Because that helps you start seeing how do I position myself in front of them? So market research can also include that. Do you belong to any like social groups, any meetup groups, any networking group? Like, where do you go with your kid? Where are you on a Monday afternoon? Where are you on a Sunday? Like, where do you hang out for fun? Do you do any kind of networking? Like, where, where, where are your favorite restaurants? Where do you shop for clothes? Right? Because like, your your audience isn't the same as mine. But my audience told me once, you know where I am on the weekend? I'm at a winery. (laughs) There's a bunch of single, like, women entrepreneurs, right? They're like, I'm at a winery on a Saturday. So what I, or I love to go to wineries. And so what I did is I contacted a winery and said, when is your slow day? And they said, my slow day is Tuesday. And I said, okay, cool. How about if I come and I do a workshop? You give me a free space. I'm going to do a workshop for women entrepreneurs there for free, right? And they can just buy your your wine on your slow day. And they were like, cool, we'll give you free space. You can do a free workshop. We'll advertise it to our winery. I'm advertising it to my people. It's a win-win. People are coming in. They're going to buy wine at the winery. I get the people there to talk to about what I needed to talk to them about so I can bring them into my world, right? So when you start thinking about where are they, you can start seeing what conferences, what associations, what organizations, what civic groups, what volunteer groups. Is it a preschool I need to go start, you know, speaking at? Is it a parent association? Is it a what where are they that I can go stand in front of them, whether it's online or offline, and be surrounded in a room that's mostly the people who I'm wanting to meet, which in in our illustration are stay-at-home moms. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It it does. I again I think this year has been really tough. And so the things that I was doing, obviously, I'm not doing and hopefully will be doing again. So I think it's thinking of in the future, how I can do those interactions, because right now we're still a little bit on hold. Um, yeah. So. And I think if you, if you find too, like, just even asking some of these questions online, or people yeah. you already know, or whatever, and just saying, are you a part of any like, 
meetup groups? Are you a part of any play groups? Are you a part of any social groups? Are you a part of any like, what do you do to connect with people away from your children? What do you do to connect with other parents? Like, like, and you go, and how are you navigating that right now during our kind of hybrid world or COVID world? They'll go, oh, well, we have like weekly, like we have monthly meetings on Zoom where we all get together and we all check. Cool. Are you ever looking for a speaker for that, right? And then you can also put your head in some of these other markets. So we're using the stay at home. But if you were thinking about like the working woman, right, the working mom, then you would go, well, where is she? Right. And like, for example, Google has um, a group that they run called like the bread women breadwinners of like Google or something like that. But it's a free, you know, it's how they bring in all of their women's uh, executives to like, network, talk about topics of interest, diversity, and um, and just everything, women leadership, all of this stuff, right? And they're always looking for guest speakers, and they pivoted to virtual. So thinking about what associations, what groups, what places are there? So Googling, like stay you know, stay at home mom group association organization and seeing what comes up and seeing if there's a national organization and if they have local chapters, putting in some cities and around you and seeing what groups come meet up groups, stay at home mom meet up in you know, I would put in Washington, DC and I would see what comes up around and go, Oh, these are places I want to target to say, I would love to do a free workshop. I would love to speak to your group. I would love to virtual or in person or whatever. I would love to come in and talk about this challenge, this problem I know they're having and give them what they need for a solution. Right. And of course, you're going to position your book there and they're all going to want to buy it or follow you or learn more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very, very helpful and all things that I, should have been doing and haven't been doing. Yeah, but you know, you're right where you need to. So the mindset piece is I'm right where I need to be. Yeah. Everything that's happened has put me exactly where I need to be for all the right things, right? Like, um, so now we kind of know the who and we know the where and we're thinking about the how and like a little bit of what what language and what topics are gonna capture their attention. But then I want you to realize what you're really doing, even when you're writing a book when you're selling a book and you're trying to build an audience for your book, it's very similar to any entrepreneur trying to get clients for a service or a product or anything like that. So you're taking them through the customer journey cycle. So one piece of that is you have to build awareness. They have to learn that you exist. But what never happens and what people don't seem to realize is it's not, oh, I became aware of you in your book and now I'm going to purchase it. Like it's not, it's not like that. It's I became aware of you in your book and now I'm going through a consideration moment, I'm considering you. And then after I've decided through that phase that I have considered you all the way to a yes, now I'm going to buy your book, right? That consideration phase can take a little bit of time or a long period of time, years and years, depending on how they became aware of you. Um, and a lot of a lot of other factors, right? So sometimes some people are like, no, no, Rita, no, no, I got a referral from someone and that person called and just said, I'm ready. Like, here's the money. So there was no consideration. I'm like, no, 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 no. They yeah. took on the trust that the person who referred them had. So they considered you, but they they took on that trust. So they already knew they liked you, trusted you, saw you as credible because their friend did. And so they were able to say yes. So they went through it. It just happened quicker. right? If you, if you speak to an audience, a lot of people are like, oh, I feel like I know you, Simone. Like, I, I was in the room with you. I feel I got to talk to you. Like, I feel so my consideration will be quicker. I'll probably go buy the book at the back of the room, right? But if I come across like a Facebook live video, I might have to like watch a little bit more of you, see more of your posts, like really feel like I know you, watch some of your stories. And then I'm going to be like, okay, now I'm ready, right? To like buy the book. So once we realize, well, what I'm doing is I'm building awareness and then I have to nurture a relationship with these people so that 
they purchase, they come to workshops, they hire me to speak, right? So you have different markets that you're trying to like build awareness with, and then you have to nurture, and then they make a decision, right? Then it's what am I doing during the nurture phase? And this becomes the content that you're putting out, right? What am I doing to have them know me, like me, trust me, see that I'm a credible expert and authority, right? And then also have a portion of my content that's positioning the book as the solution to things. So now that we've talked a little bit around the problems that people are having like in their day, in their tangible daily life and the results that they want, there needs to be more of that in your content, both saying, I know what that's like. I did that, right? The relatability part, like I I went through the same problem. <laughs> like my kid did the same freaking thing or I was feeling the same way as you and I wanted the same and this was happening in my day every day, right? And I did these things and I was able to figure it out, right? And like you can too. And in fact, that's why I wrote this book, right? Like is to, to share how I figured it out or a story about other people. Like I was talking to someone, a reader of my book, like said they were struggling with this and they, you know, they were always fighting with their kids about what to eat. And then they read the book and they realized it was blah, blah, blah. And because of that, they now have a better relationship with their child, right? So like stories about you, stories about other people who have done, like taken your advice and taken the feedback and had a, a, a change in their life sharing those case studies, sharing those stories, sharing those testimonials, right? And then also um, sharing tips, like here are three ways to get your kid to eat at the freaking table, right? Like here are like two things to do to like have a better like uh, relationship with your husband when he comes home from work. Or here's one quick thing that you can do every day that's going to make you feel so, you know, like you've really boosted your energy and taking care of yourself. Like all of these challenges, right? Once people know you're an expert or an authority in the areas that they're wanting to improve and change, they're going to want more of what you have to help them change that, including your book. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, question. What What do you think about one of the things a friend of mine suggested was to do like a however many day kind of where I get people to post on their social media and tag me in a picture with the book, what something that they learned, a problem it solved for them, uh, some tip they took away from it. And what, I mean, what do you think about that? Because that way I'm reaching their market and social proof is great, right? If you already have readers and already have people who have read the book, like you want to engage them as much as possible. Now, people are always in the what's in it for me kind of like mindset, right? So what I would do in that scenario is go, I'm having a contest, right? And I would love for you to share. And if you share and you tag me, everybody will be entered to win. And I'm going to pick a winner to win like a $75 gift card or a $100 Amazon gift card or something like that, right? Like um, to really motivate people to want to participate and do it. And then you have all of those screen captures and screen shares and those all become things and those are people that you can ask questions to. You can also motivate, we were talking about the, you're like, well, all of these people keep coming back and liking my post and engaging now. I don't know if they wrote the book or not. What I wrote down is why don't I, or I don't know if they read the book or not. And I wrote down, why don't you know if they read the book or not? And so it becomes (laughs) reaching out to them, right? right? And saying, hey, like, Thank you. So like sending a voice message or sending a direct message and saying, thank you so much. Like, I love that you're always here contributing. Like, I'm curious, like, have you have you read my my book? I'd love to know. And also, what else would you like to see here on this page? What other things would you like uh, to have talked about here? You know, just really trying to connect and learn about my audience more. And I don't think enough people do that. Like they they're looking for new eyes instead of going deeper with the eyes that they already have and trying to learn about those eyes. And like, and if someone's like, no, I haven't read your book yet. It's totally fine. To say, I would love to know why, right? Like, yeah. I would love to know why. Like, and they're like, I don't know. I just don't read books, you know, or yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I haven't thought about it. I haven't been in a place where I can buy it or something and it starts revealing like 
like chat. So doing polls, doing like questions, like sending direct messages. So one thing that I talked about too, uh, in my, my notes when I was going through it, you wanted to walk away with is kind of like, you know, building that, building that social media and using social media better and getting more followers through there would be finding. So now that you know who these people are, it's finding them on social media. So let's talk about Instagram. It would be like using hashtags and things that may help you find stay at home moms and engaging on their content, right? Like I do that way more than I post. So for for me, it's, you know, solo entrepreneurs or whatever. So hashtag solopreneur, hashtag solo entrepreneur, hashtag women entrepreneur. So I'll search those hashtags and I'll find posts from people who are women entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs. And I just start engaging on their posts, whatever that <clears throat> that is. It might be, they're like, look at my office mate. And it's a photo of their dog. And I'll be like, Oh my gosh, like that's such a cute dog. Like, I love that that's your office mate. I had a dog too for a while and oh my gosh, I never could get any work done. I don't know how you're doing it. Like real authentic comments on their posts, right? Like, and I'll follow them if they're of interest to me, if I think that their posts will be good for my hallway. Otherwise, I just kind of like, or my hallway, I'm talking about, <laughs> for my feed, yeah. right? Um, and, and I'll, co- you know, I'll follow them. Otherwise, I just comment. But then usually they end up checking me. Who is this woman that gave me two or three like really substantive comments? And then they come to my account and then they look and if they like what they see, they end up following me and then they're engaging on my stuff. So like finding them and where they are and engaging and building relationships with them, right? Then thinking when people find your account and follow, I don't know very many people on Facebook that send a voice, I mean, on Instagram that send a voice message and say, hey, Simone, thanks so much for following my Instagram account. Like, I'm so happy that you're here. Would love to to know what brought you here, learn more about you. Um, if there's any content that you'd really like to see here or any challenge you're having in your business, like, let me know. Totally want to put that on here, right? Like, maybe like, three out of five will write back and go, oh my gosh, thanks so much. My name is Simone and I'm an author and blah, blah, blah. Like, and maybe two never write back. But like, that's the difference of the relationship building, the building the relationship and nurturing the relationship. So that was something that I wrote down that I would love to see you do too, is like, Finding where they are on social media and engaging on their stuff. So what Facebook groups are they in? What what are they posting? What hashtags are they using? And a good way that you can start finding them too, what other books are targeted to that market? And what other books are kind of like your books, right? So finding them on Amazon, finding them places and saying, okay, so here's a book that's like mine and it got you know, great reviews. And here's the author's name. So I'm going to go to her Instagram account. The author, we'll call her Sue, right? Like Sue Smith. I'm going to go to Sue Smith's Instagram account and I'm going to start seeing who follows Sue Smith. And I'm going to start following them or engaging on their posts if they seem to be like the right people, right? So like if Sue wrote a book to the same market or the same kind of thing that you wrote or the same concept or idea, chances are the people following her are people that you also want to be engaging with and having follow you, right? So knowing, well, where are all of those people? And like, what are they participating in? Like, that's going to be a good way to start building awareness as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's uh, that's also really helpful. It's not something I have been doing for, but I need to be doing. I mean, I know it takes time and I have to sit down and Again, schedule it just like I schedule everything else, but I think I need to schedule that time so I can make sure that I am reaching those people and and that's the best way to do it. So, yeah. So it's just fine. It's like 
the, the people you already have, asking them more questions to learn more about them. What are they consuming? How are they consuming? Where are they? Where are they online? Where are they offline, right? Really the people that you want to have in your orbit for this, finding out, well, where are, where's your attention already? Who are they already following? What are they already interested in? What hashtags are they, you know, you can even find the hash, like if I were to find Sue Smith and find her Instagram and see her post and see what hashtag she's using, now I've got some hashtags that are probably going to draw in more of that kind of audience. And if Sue Smith's audience is the kind of audience I want, now I know the hashtags that I want to be using in some of my posts. I can see through her feed what kinds of engagement, what kinds of topics are getting good engagement or not, right? So it's like doing that research as well. So it, it does take time, right? It takes time, but it's like learning where are they? Where is their attention already on and offline? How how can I get in front of those places? What groups, what associations, what organizations, what meetups, what other establishments are they at and how might I partner with those establishments? What other professions are they using? Because if I can collaborate with professions, like for for example, solo entrepreneurs, they're, they, they use therapists. They use fitness coaches. They use social media managers. They use those are all people that I can also network with and then collaborate with to get in front of their audiences. Likewise, they're getting in front of mine because we share the same audience. So now it's like a mutual thing. So who else is a stay at home mom going to? Right? Like what other professions, what other people are they utilizing and interacting with? And how can you network with some of those people for cross collaborations, cross promotions, cross things, because you both have the same market. And it would be mutually beneficial for you guys to do that, right? And then going, okay, now that I know where they are offline, I need to target those places for speaking engagements, right? Now that I know where they are online, blogs they read, Facebook groups they're in, you know, what accounts they're following, now I can find them and start engaging with them in different ways to bring them into my orbit and let me let them know who I am. And for the eyes that are already on me, I just have to go deeper and I have to learn more about them. Does that does that help? Does that make sense? Yeah, at all. It's all very helpful. And I can't wait to listen back to this episode to relive it all. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been taking my notes, but uh, they I don't think they're enough because I think that you've given a, amazing information for me to work, you know, to move forward with and to work with. Awesome. And it all comes from that first piece, which is really getting into their head, the different buckets of readers that you have and how they're moving about their day and really thinking about those tangible problems. I can't get my kid to get dressed. I can't because they can't see past those. Right. Like, sure, maybe what they want is happiness, but they're like, just tell me how to get through my day. Right. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. So the more you're speaking at where they're at, like, and to them where they are and the solutions that they're wanting, the more they're going to consume what you have to say and realize, wow, this is bigger than I thought. And like, I really need to be more engaged here. And like, this is amazing. And this is incredible. Does that, does that help? Yeah, that's incredibly helpful. And, you know, I hadn't thought, yeah, I think about stuff all the time, but really the, the pieces of the everyday little pieces, right? I always talk about the the little things that we do every day, but I think of them as I haven't really thought about the struggle pieces that in terms of how I put myself out there on social media. Not that I haven't thought about it, but really showing like how to, how to move forward versus, wow, this is what just happened. Right. And this is what I'm struggling with today. And what are you struggling with today? So I definitely think our struggles are a, are a big human connection piece. So. 
Yeah, that, you know, even um, like with my market, I mean, sure, people want six figures, they want seven figures, they want, they, like, if I was like, cool, how about a like a, a bestseller book? You're like, that's great, Rita. How can I just get three people yeah. to like engage on my Instagram account today? You know, can you just tell me how I get people to write back or how do I get more followers or how do I get more, like, if you could tell me how to do that, cool, then I'm like down to hire you for this like bestseller thing. But like the bestseller thing seems so far away, right? That like I need to, and it's like, Oh, yeah, that's just the way people think. They just want to solve those immediate problems in their their life. And so people are always like, you know, Rita, I just want more clients or I just need a little bit more money. But what they don't necessarily know that they need is a new mindset and to learn how to get out of their own way. And they're like, no, no, no. I just need to know what to post on Instagram and when to post it, you know? And I'm like, no, no, no. You just need to stop hopping. And the reason you're hopping your strategy is because you're not seeing results and you think it's not going to work because you don't believe it'll work. And because you don't believe it'll work, it's not going to work. And we need to get to that. And they're like, oh, right? Like I was working with a client the other day about productivity. She's like, no, I just need time management. I just need to, to talk about time management. And I kept digging and digging and digging until we got to she feels guilty when she's working around her kid because she thinks she's being a bad mom. And I'm like, okay, so that that's what we have to talk about, not like time management, right? And it's like, oh, but but if I had started saying, oh, like guilt around the mom thing, she would not have seen that as her problem. And so I need to be in my content talking about time management because that's the problem they think they have, right? That's what they think is like causing the bigger issues in their business. But I know it's not that, right? It's like a deeper mindset thing. But if I went around marketing the mindset, people would be like, oh, that sounds great. I don't really need that. I just need a better Instagram strategy, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, so that's what we're, we're doing here. We're really getting in their head. We're finding out what they're doing, where they are, what are their urgent, like, problems or in their face problems? How can we incorporate more of that into your content? Um, and then how can we build awareness? To how, where are they so we can let them know we exist? And then what are we doing to continue to nurture the relationship with them over time so they continue to build the know, like, trust, knowing your credible authority? And what, what credible expert and authority means is in their life, in their challenges, in their problems, in their struggles, and that you have a solution for those, which makes them want to purchase your products, your books, your services, whatever it is that can help them solve those problems because they now know from consuming content and interacting with you, yes, you you get it. You know, you know me. You know me specifically. You know what I'm going through. You've given good tips. I've implemented them. They're great. I can't wait to consume more. I can't wait to learn more. So that's what you'll be doing. Yeah, yeah amazing. And awesome. when I look back, you know, I started the book release was it's it's a bestseller on Amazon, which is great. Yes. Now it's the continue. And the continue. The continuing is 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 the hard part. So this is yeah, such great information. A lot of people think, well, once, and it's not just with books. We were talking about this. And I run a mastermind, and my group was talking about this the other day. Well, I like to have an evergreen course because then I only have to launch once, right? And if I just launch this course once, and then it's out there, and then it's great. It's like, oh, wait a minute, no. Like when you create a course, cool. You're not doing as much of the service provider work because you're not coaching or you're not whatever as much because you have this course that's doing it for you. You're now a marketer 100% of the time. So like the amount of time doesn't change, right? It's what you're doing. And so when you write a book, it's like, cool, the book launched, but now like your role is to be a marketer all the time for this book, right? And it's to wear the marketing hat. And it's like, oh, this is what I need to do. I am a marketer, a promoter 
of this book. So what am I doing to market it and promote it and get it seen? And people are, they kind of like lose sight of that a little bit. Like, oh, cool. The book is there. So people are just gonna like go buy it and find it. And it's yeah. like, never, it, I don't care how great of a bestseller your book is. People are never, the reason that people continue to buy the New York Times bestsellers or whatever is because they have somebody out there making sure it's on the end cap of a, of a book rack, making sure that it's in every Facebook ad, making sure that groups are talking about it and that influencers are sharing that they love the book and that it's getting Oprah's sticker on it or whatever, right? It's like all marketing all, yes. all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once you realize that that's your job now, it's like, cool, that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to market and I need to like find out where these people are so I can market to them in their language, where they're at, how they're consuming content, and then build relationships with them that are authentic and real so that they can trust me, so that they know who I am, so that so then they want to buy my book. It's crazy because this isn't, you know, again, when I started, this isn't what what I pictured I'd be doing, but it is so important. And the end goal is I want people to hear my messages. And so this is, you know, I got to put on the marketing hat and work away. That's it. We're <laughs> going to do it. I'm yeah. really glad that this helped. I can't wait to like hear from you, you know, touch base with me in a couple of weeks. Let me know how it's going. If you feel like you've gotten any traction from anything here, if you have any questions, feel free to email me as well and let me know. And uh, guys, you're not going to want to miss my next episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about marketing. We're going to be talking a little bit about Instagram. We're going to be talking about some really fun stuff, but more about like amping up your life amping amping and elevating everything up and the way that you're going to do that you're just going to be so surprised so trust me you're not going to want to miss this next guest and i'll talk to you next week on another episode of the read and mimi do it show hey before you go thank you for listening to my show i hope that you enjoyed this episode please take a minute to subscribe to the show on apple podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast and leave a review It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business-boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser-focused and go all-in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamimidoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode. Oh, oh, oh.